So for those of you who haven't seen it yet, Tink was one of our contributors on season one of DNA Family Secrets, and I thought it'd be really nice to catch up with her. So Tink, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me. I guess we should start at the beginning because some people might not have seen the program. So why did you come to DNA Family Secrets? What did you want to know? So I came to DNA Family Secrets because I wanted to know if I had any donor siblings. So give us the background to that. So how did you find out that you were donor conceived? So I was 17. I was pregnant with my little boy and I lived with my dad at the time. And he just randomly pulled me downstairs one day and he said, I need to tell you something. And I was like, oh, okay, dad. And he was like, no, this is really serious. And he said, you were donor conceived. And I was just like, what? Do you know what prompted him? Because you're a parent, I'm a parent, to sit your child down and go, I've got something really big to tell you. That must have been really big for him to do that. Yeah, I think my mum really wanted me to know. Mm. So because I lived here with my dad, so I think she was threatening to tell me and my dad wanted it to come from him, which was fair enough. Gosh, that must have been big for him, but massive for you. It was huge. I was just distraught. I was just crying my eyes out. I remember having a blue nightgown on with this big bump and just thinking, why now? Like, how? This can't be true. And I just went back to bed that night and just cried my eyes out. Oh, bless. Your dad clearly loved you to bits. Mm -hmm. And you've got this life going and then suddenly you find out it's not quite what you thought it was. So how long did it take to kind of process that and did you get to have any more chats with your dad or no me and my dad never spoke about it right. until we actually came on the program yeah so I very much I bury my head in the sand and because I was a new mum at 17 my head was somewhere else anyway so yeah I didn't ever really start thinking about it until I seen the program be yeah. advertised so that's when I actually sat down with my dad and stepmom and asked for their blessing first because I thought mm. I would never have done it without my dad's blessing Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when I first met you, you were very clear. You wanted to know if you had any half-siblings, but you were really protective of your dad. Yeah. And that was really sweet because you were concerned you didn't want to hurt him. So you weren't actually worried about finding out about who your donor father was, were you? No. Like, I'd love to see a photo, maybe, just to see what he looked like. But I just would never want to hurt my dad. And he would have, like, supported me all the way through if I wanted to do that. But I just felt like I couldn't hurt him like that. Yeah. Because I know it would have really hurt deep down. When you came to us, did you know anything about your donor? Nothing. Nothing. I knew absolutely nothing. I didn't even know where to start, what websites, nothing. Mm. I had no idea. So I think the program helped amazingly with that because they obviously helped me fill everything in and, yeah. And you fall into this slightly difficult period. So pre-1991, nothing was regulated. So the Human Fertilization and Embryology Authority starts and they start regulating all of the donor conceptions that go on. Pre-1991, that's not going on. So it's really difficult to find anything out. You fall between 1991 and 2005. So anyone conceived post-April 1st, 2005 can find out who their donor parent is starting next year when they reach 18. But you're in this period where you could only find out non-identifying information. So did you know anything from the HFEA before you came in? They sent me a document and I've got a confession to make. I actually had the email the day before we came to film. 
and they said I could open it but they said it's up to you and I was like I'm not gonna open it I'm not gonna look and I was actually on my way to a fitness class called Beats which is really like uplifting dancing and I was in the car park and I just couldn't resist and I looked at it and I opened it and I just burst into floods of tears yeah just so weird to think it's there on this piece of paper well on my phone but you know on an email and I just cried my eyes out and then suddenly went into this really happy, upbeat beats class where I was still crying. So I was dancing like, oh my gosh, this is really weird. It was, yeah, it was so strange. <laughs> what did the email say? So when I opened the email, it was the donor's profile and it had the year he was born, how tall he was, how much he weighed, his skin tone, his eye colour. But he had added in 2004 where he was from and he that he was not religious. Okay. So that was huge for me because I thought if that didn't have had where he was from on there, I would have still felt like, well, this mm. doesn't mean anything because anybody could be that person. Yeah. But the fact he had added that he was Irish, that meant the world to me. That's really Because it was so cool to be like, oh, wow, I'm half Irish. And that's quite a big thing. I didn't know that he'd added something in 2004 yeah. because that tells you that he's thinking about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. One of the things that's come across when I've talked to donors, it was something they didn't really think about. And they always thought they were going to be anonymous. And one of the people we had on series two was a man called Luke. He'd had a close friend pass away. And it had made him start to think about, you know, I was donating sperm a lot at a certain point, And there may be children as a consequence of that. And I think it's really interesting if this person's added that information later, they're clearly thinking about yeah. what were the consequences of that. Yeah. And he still stayed anonymous. Because yeah. I think they had asked him that, would you like to stay anonymous or not? And I think that's when he obviously said, I want to be anonymous anonymous Mm. so yeah and very few men have lifted their anonymity yet I think some of them don't know that they can do it but very few have I think it's just over 200 so you find out that your donor conceived how does that feel I mean because I'm in a position where I know who my folks are I have that luxury but you didn't was that really difficult yeah it was really hard people didn't understand because it wasn't spoken about you know I told people in school or my closest friends and they just didn't really understand Mm. which is fine and I completely understand because what do you say Mm. it's not spoken about at all really I feel like it's still quite a taboo subject because people say well you were wanted you were wanted more than anything and I'm like yeah that's very true But at the same time, it's still a very unusual thing for us because we don't know where we're from. So you're right. There is that thing where it's a very positive thing that clearly you were really wanted, but that doesn't take away from the fact that actually you still don't know half of what your ancestry is and your background is. So that must be a lot to process, I think. You know, parents were told, don't tell your children. It was really hidden. I think people are starting to talk about it more. And I think particularly with 2005 and this idea that next year, once kids start to reach 18, they can start to find out who their donor parents are. I think people are starting to talk about it more and I hope they do more. How do you feel about that? I think it's going to open a big can of worms in a good way and a bad way. You know, these 18-year-olds are going to be able to know where they're from. They could find siblings, which is amazing. But at the same time, it could hurt their family. Like, I was scared of hurting my dad. But I think it's really good that they can find them now because for us, we're stuck in this weird little limbo of, well, we don't know where we're from and we're never really going to know. And everyone's like, well, you've just got to come to terms with that. But sometimes it's really hard to come to terms with that. So watching DNA Family Secrets again, what really struck me was just how lovely the relationship was between you and your dad. And I know he's sadly no longer with us, is he? No, my dad 
passed away about four months ago now. It was a massive shock to us all. During the programme, when we were filming, my dad called me and my sisters down to the house and he sat us down and we could just see by his face something wasn't right. And he actually sat us down and told us he actually had lung cancer. Oh, bless. So we were like, obviously all in bits, me and my sisters and my stepmom. And he was like, don't you worry, I'm going to fight this and I will fight this. And we had every hope in him that he was going to fight it. And I never really thought he was going to go. I thought, no, he'd be fine. He'll have a load of chemo. And he actually had surgery to take the cancer out of his lung. He was absolutely fine. He overcome it. And he actually went out to his villa. He had just bought a villa in Spain. So that was always his dream and his goal in life. And they called it our happy place. And he loved it out there. But he actually got an infection out in Spain and got really poorly. And he came home then. They flew him home. And then he sadly passed away a couple of weeks later. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. I suppose in a way it's... You've had this wonderful time with somebody who clearly adored you. I mean, that totally came across in the program. If a man can love somebody who's like technically not his, like he did, that just shows, I think, how much of an amazing man he was. He's done a great job with you. I know one of the other things you wanted to do was see if you could find any donor half siblings and presumably you could go through the HFEA for that and find out So they've got their donor sibling link. But the first thing you have to do before you go on that is you have to talk to them and find out, do you have any donor siblings? And did you? I know at the end of the program, it said 16. I did. Yeah. So (laughs) it said I had 16. So 10 boys and six girls. And I know all the years they were born and they could be together. So they could have been like twins or triplets or the family could have used the donor twice. Yeah, it's really weird. And we're all between the ages of 19 and 30. So we're all really close in age, which is just absolutely mind-blowing. Like, do they live down the road? Did I go to school with them? Or do they live somewhere else in the world? It's so weird and strange to know so much, but actually to know so little at the same time. Yeah, because you don't get to know who they are. So if you, you contact the HFEA and you go, I would like to know if there's anyone else born from my donor. And they give you this list. It's like a teaser in a way. And the only way to find out who they are is if they've put themselves on the donor sibling link, isn't it? And have any of them done it? None of them. None of them. It's just me. Just little old me on there. Yeah. Waiting. But I feel like you can't get frustrated with that. Mm. It is frustrating because you just think, oh, you're so close, but you're not. But you've just got to find peace with it and just keep going. Because I think if you overthink it, it's just going to swallow you up and you need to just be patient and wait Mm -hmm. and just hope one day that it happens yeah what do you want to know it'd just be nice to sit down with a sibling and talk it through like I said yes you can speak to other donor conceived people which is amazing and it is very good to do that but to actually speak to someone who's actually your sibling it would be amazing like what life did you have yeah And like Mm. I said, it's a waiting game and you can't get frustrated with it. You can't think it's going to happen tomorrow. Mm. I think you just have to find peace with the fact that it might happen, it might not. And that's just that. So I say this to a lot of the people who come on DNA Family Secrets and I just am kind of in awe because I think you're all just so amazingly courageous because what you're doing is 
you're taking something which is incredibly emotional, very, very personal, and allowing us to kind of go on this sort of journey with you as you go through it. I just think all of you are just kind of amazing for allowing us to do it. And it allows other people to go, hey, I'm in the same situation as them or something similar. And maybe it gives people the courage themselves to take that next step. So if you were to talk to somebody who's in a similar situation to you, what would you tell them? So this actually happened to me, and I know she won't mind me talking about it, but a friend of mine from school actually has a wife, so they're wife and wife, and she said to me, we're going through donor conceive too. So I was like, oh wow, like that's amazing. And she said, I've never even thought about how we tell them, things like that. And I would say, tell the kids from when they're young, because for me, it was a huge shock to find out at 17 when you're a teenager and your hormones are everywhere. So, you know, I did rebel a bit and I did go down bad paths. So I would say, just please tell them and speak about it. Don't bury your head in the sand like me, because more or less likely your parents are probably really happy to talk about it with you and join groups find other donor conceived children because they're in the same boat as you and I'm pretty sure they'd be just as happy to speak to you about it it's not a taboo subject and it's actually a really happy subject because we all wouldn't be here without it but I do think people need to speak about it so much more it needs to be more normal for us because we feel quite alienated so yeah I would just say talk about it because otherwise you're gonna feel lonely very lonely Tink, it has been so lovely to see you again and to catch up. And I'm going to be keeping my fingers crossed that some of your donor sibs put themselves on those registers and you can get to meet each other. 